Hello there, sir. How are we doing tonight? Ah, I, I, I believe it's a, we have a long way to go and a short time to get there, I think is the, the best way to put it. Well, when we when we last left you, Snark, we were we were a house of nerds that had, I believe, six people in it. Are we a house of nerds with seven people in it? Or are we still at six? Uh, we are not yet expanding, but we are contracting. So there is that. Oh, my. You like how I did that? That's... I, I feel good about that one. That one, oh, that hit me in the soul. It's really nice. Is, <laughs> is that... For, for no, it, yes, but it's not like a go, like, like oh my god, okay, stay calm, everybody, stay calm. Like it's not that yet. Um, it, what is the procedure? What did we do? Yeah. So, so there are contractions, but I was informed. I was like, so we having a baby today? I thought about mm-hmm. coming on and being like, hey, welcome to House of Nerd. It's a, we got a time limit tonight because. Um, it's about it's about time to time to add the member uh and just seeing seeing where that where that took you um but but i decided not to. that was that was <laughs> kind of you um can i tell the backstory of why that why that's kind of you um am, am i allowed to share that story um, sure is this the taco bell story again no no not okay. the taco bell story this is the story of um how i found out about your first uh oh i I don't I don't know what the story is, so sure. Okay. We'll share it. We'll I, much it. like in real life, um, I forget things as soon as I say them. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, so no, I, I do vividly remember um I was on a date. Do you re- do you remember welcoming everyone to House of Nerd? I don't remember that. Welcome to House of Nerd. Okay. <laughs> and proceed. <laughs> and we're off. Um, <laughs> I vividly remember I don't remember what, but I remember I remember I was on a date with my wife, um, who was at that time my girlfriend. Um, this was very early on in our relationship, and um, you were—I think it was—I don't—if I don't misremember, I believe it was a special occasion. It was either her birthday or an anniversary or something. Um, I'm a very basic eater, so we had gone to a fancy restaurant, <laughs> and that's how I know that it's the was- nicest way to say that. <laughs> I'm a basic eater. <laughs> I'm a picky I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm on. I'm on board for it. Though. I'm a picky eater, um, so we had gone to a fancy <laughs> restaurant, and there are not many fancy restaurants in the town that I live. But this there is no that. chicken fingers on this menu. Zero of ten stars. And the Bud Light is always warm. Um, warm Bud Light and no Bubba Burgers. <laughs> Uneatable. <laughs> Zero out of ten stars. Would Inedible not again. Um, <laughs> so you you called me, like. And I was like, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a date with my, my girlfriend. I was like, I can't pick up the phone. And I think I texted you, hey, we're out to eat. Um, I think you had met my wife at that point. You guys were big fans of her. Um, probably I more, think so. more than me at that point. Um, Still. But <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> You're um, welcome. <laughs> but you called. and then you That's why to... they call them the better half. <laughs> called, there was like a five-minute pause, and then you called again. I was like, that's weird. He never calls me twice. I was like, I hope everything's okay. I'll call him on the way home, like after dinner. And then you called a third time. And it was the third time that really sent me 
like over the edge. I was like, something. It is three times a lady. Yeah, I was like, that that's nice. That's nicely done. Um, so I pick up the phone and we were luckily we were kind of like done with dinner. We were, you know, headed to the we were in the car, I think, at that point, headed home. And it was a FaceTime call and you called and it was you and your wife when we thought we picked up. And I was like, this is weird. You Like your wife and you, I mean, I talked to you both, but not ever like at the same time. And you were like, Hey, so there's something we want to share with you. And I was like, cool. Um, can it wait till I get my girlfriend home? And you're like, no, actually we want to share it with both of you. And that was the night that you told us that you were pregnant and you guys were having, um, a Oh yeah, I do remember that. Um, so flash forward to the middle of the pandemic i i want to say dean was born during the pandemic Roughly july yes um and end of end of july and we knew that you guys had i mean we knew that you were pregnant because you had told us um but you guys did a very special thing when you guys were when your wife was getting close to uh, delivering your baby you didn't share that this was happening for anybody um you guys just like went to the hospital Christmas yes baby we actually told everyone it was like three weeks later than it was was the due date i <clears throat> loved so much <laughs> that you did this that i stole this for us when we had our little um bundle of joy this uh, um not this afternoon um but uh when we had our, our son. real fresh surprise <laughs> uh, and this is how you tell me you have a second child <laughs> No, but I remember, I just remember being like so impressed that you guys kept it such a secret and it was such a thing that like, I think you called me and I was shocked. You were like, oh, by the way, you know, I've had a, we, my wife had a bean, her name is Bean. And you're like, here's some pictures. It was like, holy crap, man. <laughs> like, that's a baby. Um, And I, I think I said to you. That is a baby. I was like, isn't she like early? you're like, nope, she's actually right on time. <laughs> Definitely on schedule. Well, that's not what you told everyone. Correct. <laughs> it was it turns out we're also liars. <laughs> it was a great it was a great thing though, honestly, because my wife and I, when we had our when she had our son, I almost caught I almost said it, but I caught myself. Um, <laughs> when she had our son, it was um we we did the same thing, but my parents were a little bit more aware of the due date and my father was texting me like you're upsetting your mother. I, I need an update. What, what's there going is. on? Um, so what's going on with the birth of, of my grandson? I need an update. And I was like, well, you'll have an update when there's an update to share. Um, he's like, well, what, what, where are we in the process? And I'm like, that's none of your business. Um, like this, it's very You're going to come check for dilation? It was incredibly awkward and super, super fun. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Um, but... Lie. Long story short, lie. Lie. Like, do not that's... tell. Do not tell people. Yes. Yeah. So, sometimes, sometimes lying is the answer. It is. It is. Much like, much like Snark, the news that I'm going to share with you. This um, no, that's actually not true. This is just very, <laughs> you, you got to squint your eyes really hard to get to the lie on this. Um, so, um, Snark, if you remember a few weeks ago, um, I, and I'm sorry, I didn't give you a chance to, to address the imminent arrival uh, um, in your home. Are you, are you ready, Snark? Are yep, you ready it's going to happen. A father of two? No. <laughs> I would say not just no, but fuck no. 
like I, I wish you could see uh, Kev had a glimpse into like the evening. Like you know, you know the noise that a siren makes, like when it's going around, like <laughs> yeah, Th- that, but coming out of a human <laughs> for like seven hours, just. I, I mean, I was I was working today, and I could just hear like, wah, 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 like all them just running in the background. You hear like, wah, wah, crash, wah, crash, just back and forth. And I came out, and the little bean is sprinting from one side to the other, just like ah, at the top of her lungs, running into the door because we'll we'll play this game where she'll like fake like bang her head or something, and she's like, wow, wow. It kind of like spins around. She was just doing that back and forth across the house from her like little the little baby gate because we we have decided that it is way easier to keep her out of areas than to keep her into an area. That <laughs> so you've seen right. you've seen our house, yes, where it's like like a couple or like three sections are gated off. Right, she can't get into them um, unless we like tell her she can go into them instead of like trying to keep her pinned in. So we have like three big baby fences that are like around the entertainment center and around the coffee bar and around like <laughs> things, things like that. Child should not be. Yes. Right. You're crashing into one of those fences and going, what? And like seven hours of that, um, that, that my wife had to endure. Indeed. Your I was going to contact the Vatican. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all, y'all. Um, I, I know you're, you're running out of saints. Then, um, you know, people are starting to become saints of like seven or eight things. Uh, you're, you're running out of people that are decent. I uh, got one. <laughs> the, the patron saint of patron saint of high volume patients. Oh, um, man. That is... <laughs> I mean that that made, that made my day right there. Whew. Your wife is indeed a saint. Um, I, I don't, and the the best part is she's currently in a place where the doctor's like, okay, so you need to keep your heart rate down, and you know make sure that, um, you know that you're you staying calm. Well, I'm not saying bed rest. I'm just saying don't get your heart rate up at all, <laughs> ever. <laughs> and then I come out, and she's just got her eyes wide open, like. Oh my god! Like what? Just back and forth. Uh, and I'm like, I gotta go back to work. <laughs> oh. There's all kinds of all kinds of stuff. Like some uh, a, a delightful, uh, massive expense uh, that we were not expecting occurring, um, thanks to one Donald J. Trump, um, mm-hmm. and some some messed up paperwork has now just randomly cost me. Like six hundred to eight hundred dollars immediately, um, at the worst possible time. You know, right as you're getting ready to have a baby. Yeah, yeah, like a, like six hundred dollars that I was expecting to deposit into my account to pay off a trip that um, work made me take. Uh, they just said, "No, we're going to take that. Come again." And they they were like, "Yes, we will take it again. Um, <laughs> we'll actually take more." Uh, so that's that's fun so just lots of lots of fun expenses um that have popped up kind of out of nowhere and uh a screaming bean back and forth and you know all all kinds of just just other other stuff happening and they're like make sure you keep your heart rate down it's just like how 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 the fuck do i keep my heart rate down oh 
but anyway that's where we're at um i might enjoy a birthday present um so there, there's a chance that there's a chance that uh that i might might share a birthday um, based on how things are going that's going to be badass that's kind of what i was hoping for honestly so, really cool like, i don't give a shit about my birthday for the most part like it's like after after college doing like the three-week galas mm-hmm. i'm like i feel like I've, I, I've i've gotten i've done good on birthdays like and we'd have like the weekend before weekend of and weekend after and it's just like a three-week bender every year yeah uh, so that's i mean that's that's great and i'm like after after like 27 like once once you hit like 28 you've like you've beaten jimmy and janice and you know jim like you know who i'm talking about right like yeah. okay good like the, the 27 the 27 club yeah uh, like once you beat that you're who cares like it's all downhill so i i beat i beat 27 i'm good to go um i don't give a shit about my birthday so it'd be nice to be excited about it again that and i always have drill on my birthday so like i, I, I have like, to go i would like to point out there, there are a lot of times on this podcast where you drop something that i don't know i know who janice joplin is i know who Jimi hendrix is like i i do know some pop culture thing jim morrison well that was the other I, one we got wow. the doors. I think he died at 27, too. There's a whole list. Uh, I'm blanking on her name. I can see her face. Mm, heavily Kurt tattooed. Cobain. Did Kurt Cobain? Recent. Oh, yeah. Al- Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain was another one. Uh, Avril Lavigne. Amy no. Winehouse. Avril Lavigne is definitely alive. Are you sure? Very, very positive of that. Are you, she just put are you, are you sure? Are you sure that's Avril? <laughs> and that Avril is not dead. And this is not one of her backups or like a Avril lookalike who has taken her place and assumed the role of Avril. Let's go with that. Have you I, have I you like seen that. the have you seen these conspiracy theories? They're magical. No. I There's like people that, that examine like the placement of moles and like run voice recording. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, some of it's kinda compelling. Because like I saw Avril like in concert back in the day. Because I, I was a big big skater boy fan. Yeah. Um, big strong. big Avril fan. Uh, that's that was pretty much my my type in high school was was like Avril. <laughs> you know, somebody told me, and I'm sure this is bullshit, that Avril and Adam Levine are related. I know that's not true because they spell their names differently. <laughs> and no, I just... but Avril is is dead, and this is a lookalike. <laughs> so the no. the rumor, like the the conspiracy theory is, is that the real Avril Levine, like killed herself. And in order to cover it up, they replaced her with someone who looked like her and could pull off like like one like her stunt double essentially. And she just kind of took the place of her. Like when she got famous, she couldn't handle it, and, and that was that was what happened. Um, and some of it, you're like looking at like the they have like handwriting samples and like moles and freckles and all this kind of stuff and like she even like sounds different like the the singing sounds a little bit different and sure that could be more production but i don't know some of the some of the like videos that they people put together super compelling i hope it's not true because you know i hate to see anyone kill themselves and i hope that's not the case and i hope she's fine and it's just like yeah actually i just sold out Um, and decided to let them auto team me i mean i feel like as you grow older your voice changes a little bit you know i mean like we all undergo physical changes you know 
on, on our bodies as we grow older. I'm growing, I'm growing like bigger, like from my gut, um, not taller anymore. So like, that's, you know, that happens for me. There comes a time um, in a man's life. <laughs> Can we he... have the birds and the bees talk? Like I want a preview of what's, what's going to happen. Uh, I don't in, know how in roughly, in roughly 10 to 13 years. God, uh, where did I come from? Well, son came from D's nuts. <laughs> and just what? leave it at that. <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell the truth. What happened was your mother and I. I have a video to show you. Very bored. We were at home a long time during COVID, and we said, "Let's have a child." Just don't do what my dad did, where we're just like kind of chilling, hanging out, you know, just in, enjoying enjoying life. Uh, that like before this conversation, life was good, and then after this conversation. It was different. It was awkward. Uh, and then we're we're sitting in the living room, and he just like looks at the looks the spot on the floor, and just starts patting this spot. And I'm like, "You you doing? You doing okay? What's going on?" He's like, "This is it. This is the spot right here." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, He's like, no. "This is where you were made." And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no. um, "He's like, yeah, uh, fireplaces are romantic." And I'm oh, like, "I gotta God. I gotta go. I I can't <laughs> I can't be here with you right now." Um, I feel like I have just stared into your eyes during the vinegar strokes and oh my god it's, it's not That's awkward <laughs> yeah yeah it is yeah it is so uh I, I feel like hey Edis if you have an awkward moment like this that you would like to share um as well um, now that I've expo- now that I've exposed my soul and you've stared into my eyes during uh, during the vinegar strokes uh, feel feel free to Edis with your your most awkward awkward moment <laughs> I don't know that anyone will be able to top that. That is, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe. Tr- true story. I never had that talk with my parents. Instead, I've met your dad. That's not surprising. <laughs> it doesn't seem like something you'd be down for. It's not gonna be like, son, dad, there's a penis and a vagina. <laughs> my parents sent me to an all boys middle and high school, and I'm pretty sure the plan was send him to the to all boys school. He'll learn about it eventually. And I'm fairly certain I, I learned it like the second day of like sixth grade. So, yeah. I mean, when you have a priest approach you and go, this is what this is for. Um, yeah, that's, you know, we joke about that, but that actually happened at both of the schools. Yeah. That I went to. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm like, it, it, it uh, feels like a joke because I'm saying it in a light jovial tune, but also fuck the Catholic church. <laughs> Because and and at this at this point, um, pretty much uh, evangelicals and a lot of Southern Baptists. There's what like a 200 page document of just pre uh, pastors who have like assaulted people. Yeah, and I'm like, well, that's fucking terrifying. Like a 200 page single space document of names. Like, what the fuck, man? And you wonder why people are leaving the church. This has been a fun segue for 20 minutes. <laughs> no, it, it's real fun. <laughs> Under my, his eye. My parents are like, why do you hate religion so much? And I'm like, do you really want to? It's not that I hate. It's what is it? A, love the believer, hate the belief. Right? Isn't that yeah. It? I, yeah. I hate the believer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some of them. Because some of them are fucking terrible. They're they're awful human beings. I the the podcast that I sent you. Speaking of believers, um, mm-hmm. that literally Christopher Columbus. Is another 
you're supposed to call Columbus Day now. Like it's people's day because yeah, Columbus was a fucking monster. Like would like go around stabbing pregnant women in the stomach just for funsies. Uh, apparently, his whole shtick was he wanted to br- like usher in the apocalypse. Like that was that was what he was trying to do by all this exploration was like go usher in the apocalypse by finding like the right cultural artifacts and helping retake Jerusalem so that the apocalypse would happen. That's cute. That's a fucking lunatic, man. And we named a day after this idiot? We did because in 1492, Columbus oh. sailed the ocean blue. Um, never mind all of the other people because those other people who found it weren't European white males. Like they were like, I don't know, Vikings or mm-hmm. literal Africans. Or any number of other people who fucking found America before what? this asshole sailed, sailed into not America. <laughs> like, what? What about before, you know, the before he didn't here. come here? Yeah, the the people who actively lived here, you know, like were born here. Oh yeah, don't worry about them. Don't worry uh, about them. We'll call them Indians because I'm shitty at geography. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a magical podcast. I'll give a I'll give a shout out to that one. It's called Behind the Bastards. That is a really good show. It's so good. Uh, I I'll listen to I listened to that episode yet, but it was on my list. So, well, that was a fun, a fun. I mean, winding road. Like we went to welcome I mean, to House of Nerd, Indigenous Peoples Day, and the sex ed talk. And I mean, I didn't get, I did not satisfactorily get my sex ed talk. I just want to say that. <sighs> yeah, we're, we're not. Tell doing me how that. it works. We're not doing that. Um, I need mechanics. No. I have twelve to thirteen years to figure out how to. How to That'll do be that. a bonus episode. It'll be it'll it'll be called like scholar practice, and, it'll be, and anyone who listened to us when we back back before we were. Uh, <laughs> that'll that'll be the the first and only con we ever get to do. Well, we're gonna be like we're gonna or, we're gonna show up to a con and we're going to record a live scholar practice and then it'd be like sounds great and then it'd be like not great holy shit what <laughs> it's please gonna be amazing come back please leave here again please leave you're no longer allowed in the state of california <laughs> so <sighs> on oh man what was Mary the news i i believe we uh we there, totally skipped over that there is one actual one piece of news that is totally totally being overreacted to on the internet as expected um i believe we said this is gonna happen um because if you remember uh snark a few weeks ago we had a pretty big episode about phase six and phase five of the marvel universe and on that episode we said yes you know these these movies are scheduled multiple years away it's distinctly probable that the dates will change, right? Just like movie dates change all the time. Well, um, this yeah. week on Tuesday, uh, quoting from an article on um, Gizmodo, which is a really, really great um, all things nerd culture I website. I love Gizmodo. Also um, because it's not blocked on government computers. That's, that's helpful. Life hacker and Gizmodo. So Disney has announced this week that four Marvel movies are being delayed in what is being called a major Disney reshuffle. I'm going to argue that this is not a reshuffle. That this, is, this is the plan all along. 
Um, and those four <laughs> movies are Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, and Avengers Secret Wars. Um, of those movies, I, I will tell you why I think each of them is being delayed. Um, and I, I have evidence for that. Uh, Blade, which is the the Marvel version of the Vampire Hunter, um, is starring Mahershala oh. Ali. There has been news this week that Blade does not have a director for the movie. They have their lead actor. They have a story. They don't have a director for the movie, right? Okay. Makes perfect sense. That this yeah, movie you need a director for the movie. I mean... Good call. One would think, right? Usually. I, it is not a surprise, right? I mean, Basim Tariq, who was initially named the director of the movie, has departed because he has a conflict, right? So he has to leave the movie. So um, let's let's go through. Blade is moving from November 3rd. He's going to go direct the Winchesters. Which is fantastic. Um, the new CW Winchester show. Uh, we need is to it, talk about it, It's out today. tomorrow, right? Or is the it out Win- today? The Winchesters? Yeah. When did it the, start? The first episode is already out. Oh, I missed it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, Sometimes... Finding shows sounds like typing. So, so um, <laughs> Blade is moving from November 2023 to September 2024. Not a big deal. Moving back about nine months. Uh, ten months, actually. Um, ten months and three days. So, not a big deal, right? Moving back. Correspondingly, Deadpool, which is originally slated for 9-6-2024, is now moving back to November 8th of 2024. So basically, Blade is taking Deadpool's spot in the Marvel movies. Marvel is moving Blade back to November. Likewise, the Fantastic Four, which was previously slated to come out on November 8th, 2024, is moving to February of 2025. You see the, the pattern here, right? Like they're, they're just they're shuffling back everything to accommodate the one movie. Uh, there was an untitled Marvel movie. That was to be released on Valentine's Day 2025. That has now been shifted to November 7th of 2025. What was slated to come out on November 7th, you might ask? Well, that was the date that Avengers Secret Wars was supposed to come out. Hmm. That has now shifted back to May 1st, 2026. And finally, the untitled, the second untitled Marvel movie, which was slated for uh, May 1st, 2026 has been removed from the schedule entirely because that's over four years away at this <laughs> point, and they don't need to give us a date for that. Right. Um, so, well, canceled. It's over. Marvel's, Marvel's done. If you take a minute to you heard act, it from Scott Campbell first, look at what's happening here. And I will say James Whitbrook did a really good job of breaking this down as to why this is not a big deal. Like this is actually part of the plan. Blade had a conflict. The director departed. They need to get a new director. So they're literally giving them 10 extra months, which has ultimately, I mean, dominoes basically, right? Like it's just moving everything back a few months. It's not a big deal. It's like we've gone over a hundred times. Like it's a, it's a feature, not a bug. Like they're not just haphazardly doing this shit. Like this is 100% like Every every little minute movement that they make on these things is planned, like down to the nth. So like 
people freaking out when you see stuff like i see all kinds of like star wars stuff where they're like oh my god this means the end of the world and you're like you you don't think a multi-billion dollar like franchise that they don't have like this planned out that they're just like eh fuck it just throw something to the wall and see what sticks like no like you don't think there's there's just a stupid amount of research into this like good god you dumb (laughs) well speaking about um i I, you know that is about dumb (laughs) only news that i had but i did want to highlight um a conversation that we may have both been involved in today um uh, it was nice about how andor is garbage i want to give credit where credit is due um the star wars fans group that we're both a part of on um facebook it's actually one of the most like well reasoned and researched groups. The non toxic Star Wars fan group it's, is like number one. Like really Star Wars nice. fans is is like it's like four chan cross with Twitter, like <laughs> for the most part. Like it's just fucking ridiculous. Hey. Well, essentially, the premise here, right, was you know someone made a post that you know finally something has happened. Um, you know, episode six. Yeah, they're like, things, patient. See, if you wait long enough, good things will. And which I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, man. Like, I'm with you. Uh, I thought it was a really good, I mean, I thought it was a perfectly good statement. And, and it's, hey, look, I, what I was trying to, I think, convey from my perspective was we, as I'm a child of the 90s, right? I was born in the 80s. I'm a child of the 90s. I am not used to instant gratification, right? Like we grew yeah, you up. You gotta wait a while. Playing snake on cell phones, right? And or I mean, jazz ball, as I sent to our group earlier. <laughs> that is true. It's a um, fucking awesome game, by the by. If you haven't played jazz ball, then you are probably under twenty-five. <laughs> I just, I just think simply the, the like the. I think why we love the the original movie so much is because for the longest time, that's all we had, right? Like that's Return of the Jedi was my favorite movie for the longest time because there was like there was because mid- you hadn't seen Indiana Jones. I still say that Return <laughs> of the Jedi movie than Indiana Jones. I'm like looking at my looking at my like four foot Indiana Jones and Last Crusade poster like right now. It's I just, sitting in front of me. I I think we have kind of forgotten a little bit the appreciation for things of like in, enjoying. I mean, when you and I were kids, we were excited towards when we started to become like adult teenagers that like we would get two or maybe three Star Wars novels a year. Right. I mean, that that was a big deal. And you read them like four or five times. And you would enjoy. I think that's why these things have such a like an indelible mark on your on your head and your like, like is because you, you you sort of just go. You know, I know that I know Shadows of the Empire inside and out, right? I read every part of that book. I I'm looking at a very well dog-eared copy on my shelf that I will someday get to my kid. And like that's, and he'll that's, go, Dad, you're a fucking nerd. Can you read? Can can I read something cool? Yes. Please. Reading? What's that? Is it like I just had it downloaded into my brain? It wasn't great. You're like, it holds up. It totally holds up. No, it absolutely <laughs> holds up. And I think that, I think that's the thing that I, we're, 
that's the thing that, that people are forgetting. And I guess this is probably our get off our lawn moment in this moment. But sometimes you have to give things a chance to breathe, right? You yeah. have to give things a chance to tell their own story. And I think that's what, you know, I do want to, I do want to credit Juan, Juan Tapia or maybe Tapia. I'm probably saying that absolutely wrong. And uh, say tilapia in it and just like offend everybody. No, uh, but I, I do appreciate Becky Combs for having a name that I can actually pronounce um, because I do appreciate it's probably Tapia. It, it probably is Tapia. Um, but it's just an interesting conversation, honestly. And I appreciate the fact that, it, you know, it, it appears certainly that we are all roughly the same age, which probably helps, you know, <laughs> why we think these ways. The, the most recent example, aside from like some of the shows and like Andor and the, that aren't dropping like everything and aren't, you know, going with the instant gratification is weirdly enough, Thrice, the, the band Thrice, they put out like a series of CDs on the elements I do remember this. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's like Earth and I think it's Earth and Wind and then Fire and Water are the I think those are the two. Um, I don't I had to pack up my CD rack um, mm. because that's compact discs. You young whippersnappers. Um, this has happened before you could just go in the YouTubes or the iTunes and get everything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so compact compact disc. And they they released they had it all like kind of done, but they were like, we're not releasing another CD for at least a full year. Like you're not going to get the rest of this for a year because we want our fans to listen to it and digest it. Like there's a point to what we're doing, and we want to make sure that you have the time to digest it. And at least as far as I understand, didn't do great. Like I mean, they're fantastic. They're fantastic albums, but didn't sell great because people kind of want that instant gratification which is what we've been seeing on like the star wars fans page is just like andor's garbage it's so slow and you're like it's like have have you seen tinker taylor soldier spy like i mean that's a fucking six hour movie or 14 hour movie or good god it's so long Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 it's like it it's good but my god is it a slow burn and it's the same kind of thing. Like this is a spy, spy thriller. That's what we're watching is a spy movie. Right. Right. I mean, and I think it's, it's to me, I equate it to, right. Like when I was a kid, Tom Clancy would make, would write the most epic action adventure books, but they were usually six and 700 pages. Right. right? I mean, like almost nothing happens in spy stuff like like really good really accurate spy stuff nothing happens like you read i mean quarters of books where they would talk about one meeting between two people in an embassy the first time i read patriot games i literally skipped the hospital scene with jack ryan because it was like 300 pages long and i was like i can't i can't read about him sitting in a hospital for 300 pages this is like reading lord of the rings like, this is this is worse than Lord of the Rings because it's not them fucking walking. It's some dude sitting in a hospital bed for hundreds of pages. Like, get on it's, with it. It's not. A, it's forty, but it is rough. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. But, but for I'm, a for an eight year old, like forty pages is a lot of pages. But if you if you look at the way that even I mean the books are now. I mean, Vince Flynn was is a very was. worthy very worthy, you know, inheritance, inheritor of the Clancy genre. 
Uh, I mean, and, and it was like, so Kyle Mills now, I think took over for him. I think it's his name. Yeah. I think when Vince Flynn took a, when Vince Flynn passed, but I mean, yes. it's, it's the same with David Baldacci, right? You read the Bosch books. You can just see that everybody is in a rush to finish what they're doing to get to the next thing. And I'm like, I, I, I think that's why we cling to things that come from our past so much is because they remind us of our childhood. Right. It's, it's, I'm not going to lie. Swiping through TikTok. If I see a three minute video, there's a decent amount of time times that I'm like, nah, fuck it. Three minutes is too long. Like, fuck, like, no. If it's a minute yeah. where I'm like, if you don't catch me in the first, you know, 15 seconds, there's a good chance we're moving on. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough, but my God, like Andor has been worth it. And I'm like, I, I feel like we've been shouting from the mountaintops now for five episodes of like, oh my God, this show is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like it is phenomenal. And like, I, well-paced, perfectly done. Honestly, just, it's giving space. Honestly, I think this might have been the best episode in, in, all, in all seriousness. I'm, by design. I'm not blowing smoke. I think the eye, which is the sixth episode of season one, um, is is just it's it's chef's kiss it's perfection it's everything that this show has purported to be this is it I remember and, after the first like two or three they were like well you can't really watch this and you know per episode you have to watch it in like chunks of three and i think we even mentioned it like around episode three of like yeah like kind of chunks of three but i i almost i mean we'll see what the rest of this brings but i feel like you watch this in a chunk of six like this is Mm-hmm. this is like the prologue if it weren't for that the very tail end of this like the very tail end of this episode i think you could have almost made this a movie or called it book one of andor right and, and i mean yeah this, you could have made this the first season and you know what i really appreciated and i don't want to skip to the end but i am going to do it um just for a second here is that they did the exact same thing that Rogue One did with presumably, I, I will say presumably, I, I they killed off fifty percent, sixty percent of the people we know on this show. Like just just wiped the yeah. fucking board clean and left us going, What the fuck just happened? What's right? next? Like I mean like what is what is next? Really, there's only I, one. I, there's one left. Presumably, yeah. I think there's two. So, I think I, there's one maybe. still on Aldani. There's one still maybe. on Aldani. Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. We don't know, but I just the way that. Well, let, let's get into it. Let's. I mean, we're we're talking about the very tail end of this episode. Um, yeah. So we're talking about um, the, the eye, eye, written by Susanna White, directed by Dan Gilroy. Um, which I thought the visuals on this episode might have stolen the show, honestly. They were amazing. Like, I think I texted you halfway through with the TIE fighter scene. I was like, fucking chills. Like, the, it was unbelievably beautiful. Like, it's hard to gush about a show. Like, like they've set up, like, that this is this asteroid or comet, you know, field that goes to this planet. Like, I mean, they're talking about how it's breathtaking, how this is the thing you come to this planet for, and I'm like, like you know, people travel from all over. Like this is their pilgrimage. It was beautiful. Everything about this, I mean, just 
Perfect. Just perfect. So let's let's do. I think as we have been doing. Do you want to just? Yeah, let's roll. Yeah, let's uh, take it. You know, by chunks of characters or by storyline here. Um, it's, a, I, it's another one where there's there's like a ton of moving pieces where you you see each moving piece like satisfyingly click into place. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like finishing a puzzle that you have all these disparate pieces and they just perfectly snap together. Or like when you're watching woodworking videos on TikTok, if you can last three minutes watching this, <laughs> and and like the seams just go together perfect, and it's just like oh my god, and it's just like little like shivergasm it's just great do you like, want, that's what this felt like do you want to start with commandant bihaz who is the commandant commandant you're right um commandant bihaz, lieutenant get out of here lieutenant gorn <laughs> and colonel pedigar because i feel like they had a pretty significant amount of screen time i i thought it was really interesting to see that Gorn kind of stole the show on this episode, right? Like I, I liked, I really liked the fact that Gorn had his moment with Commandant Bihaz. Uh, the kind, I think, when Bihaz says something to him like, "You're breaking the law" or something like, "You'll you'll hang for this." Yeah, he says and, you'll hang for this. And Gorn goes, "I worked for you for seven years. Like, surely I deserve a worse fate or something like that." And it's just like that, the disdain. That how that like it's everything that they've been telling us is right. Is like that the Imperials are so stuck up, they're so arrogant, they can't even see beneath their own noses the fact that you're there robbing them blind. Like they, had, there was never any any thought in in the commandant's like mind of any know, kind of betrayal, no, at all. Because you can he, see the shock on his face when like Gorn comes in and starts barking orders at people. Oh. It was it's gorgeous. like, wait, you? Uh, like, it, you could see, like, Etubrute, like, on his face. And it's like, yeah, you're a fucking terrible person that no one likes. That your whole shtick is, I want to get off this fucking dirt ball with these horrible people and their shitty-smelling goat goat rugs. Oh, just, just make it happen. Let's turn our noses up to these people and make it through it so that I can get what I want because they're all going to die soon anyway, or they're going to be our their slave our slaves anyway soon. Who cares? I like think the disdain that, for people, like just the disrespect that he shows towards the 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 pilgrim the pilgrims, and like the 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 fakeness of like here's your here's your goat you know rug or goat I guess it was cloak or whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's exactly what um, we heard last episode was the like they'll never like they're they'll never see something coming from below like their eyes are on the on the sky like their their noses are so far up in the air they'll never see it never see an uprising from below i did i did like the interactions with uh Bihaz's family like i thought it was important to show i mean obviously he's an asshole right but i yeah. thought he's an asshole to his family too I thought it was interesting that they, they spent the time to kind of create this bond between the family. Like clearly you can see like his wife hates him, his kid hates him. And then you turn around and you put them in a hostage situation. And no matter how big of a dick he is, he still loves his kid, which like, I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but it was kind of a sad end for Bihas. It just was like a- having a heart attack and going down. I have to be honest. I kind of, 
if you've watched uh, Community, I thought he was doing a Pierce where he was like faking a heart attack in that moment. And that kind of ruined the scene a little bit for me. <laughs> um, but that sure didn't look like a fake heart attack. I, no. in fact, I'm pretty sure he's he's gone. Um, but <sighs> I'll be interested to see who the kid ends up being. I think that that we, we spent time with the kid. We spent time with the wife. That there was too much time spent with them for them not to matter, right? Um, and that's it was interesting, right? I, I really, really loved the the fact that you introduced Pedagar. I mean, Pedagar's kind of set up as like, hey, this is going to be someone who matters. He's this, you know, the engineer, like he's the one when they're confronted in the actual base of like, you know, hey, we're going to rob the base. He fights back, which I thought was a really kind of kind of pissed poor job of security, operational security, <laughs> that they didn't check them for weapons um, a little bit. But, you know. Who, the, like the colonel? They, yeah, he's the one who had a blaster on him. And they no one yeah. checked to see if he had a, a blaster on him. I don't I don't think it matters. Like, what was he going to... Like, he's not He's not a threat. He's a, he's a colonel. Yeah, I just... So, like, it, and on, from their perspective, like, hey, it's a damn good thing he had a blaster on him because there's a hostage situation and he could have been... Like he was trying to do something about it. Well, everyone else is like, what the fuck? What do we do? <laughs> Why do, are we do, 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 do. Um, yeah. I mean, then he, you know, we're, we're pretty much done with Pedigar as he gets blasted in the face. Yeah. He's, he's pretty dead at this point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think we can safely say, uh, Commandant is dead. Pedigar is dead. Um, the wife and the son, I think are still alive. Yeah. Because I do think we see, so we do see um, Vel, Sartha, who is the one. She and Tamarin infiltrate the base. They got the coolest infiltra- inf- infiltration scenes. I thought that was that was pretty cool. They had the like the I, I don't know if we will call it like the Mission Impossible moments. Yeah, I don't know how what you call that when they dove off of the off of the barrier there. Uh, yeah, like the it's not slacklining, um, repelling something yeah that was really cool um i like that we got to see them with kind of the mini sub thing that was helping pull them along under the water which um, screamed to me a little bit of like phantom menace when they I put the little uh, breather the rebreathers in and are swimming through to infiltrate down into was it the gungan is, gungans is that what it was mm-hmm. and it's been a long time when they're going like anakin and obi-wan are going to infiltrate that uh facility and they're in there with the the rebreathers like that's that's what that screamed to me that they like okay there's two coming we know everyone's going to be looking at this because this is this is the thing and i mean i've i've been in locations for like big events kind of thing and it's it's true like no one is no one is looking at security no one is looking at the ground like everyone's like oh shit this is so cool like look at this like, hey, we're seeing something special here that we would never see back in the States. Like, we're getting to see, like, this cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you're, it, it's hard not to be awestruck by some of the, some of, like, the neat cultural things or the neat, like, geological things. And yeah. not just be distracted. Like, it's just human. Which, which was fascinating about this episode to me was seeing the humans in the Empire. That was as, really As cool. opposed to, yeah, as opposed to Stormtroopers. You know what I noticed? Um, that there's episode? another black stormtrooper? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, no, I did. 
uh, we did get a reveal that one of our rebels actually was a stormtrooper. That's what I mean. <laughs> but you know what we didn't see was actually we didn't see any stormtroopers. It appears that there aren't any stormtroopers stationed at this um, imperial base. Like yeah. plenty of soldiers, plenty of soldiers, but no stormtroopers. You head down to like the cooks, which is which is great. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Watching like the original trilogy, you kind of get the impression that you have like the infantry like you've got the stormtroopers you've got like officers you've got a couple other varieties but it's like you know the the thing that you would talk about in like middle school is like well who cleans the bathrooms on the death star right like like there's got to be somebody like or that they talk about was it mall rats or clerks i can't remember which one it is but they're like all these independent contractors that were just murdered. They were just there, <laughs> like just doing their jobs, just showing up. <laughs> but they had to like clean stuff. But you you like see the cooks in the background, like when the the hostage situation starts. Like you see them go down there, and you see the cooks, like oh shit, Which, <laughs> this is like, supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah, like that's that seems about right. Like it just it felt it felt very grounded in reality. It was almost like, and I don't know. I'm sure you've seen this movie. But the Dirty Dozen, do you remember, you know, the dirt, the premise it's of the Dirty Dozen? It's a long time, but I do remember it. But, like, in that episode, they do, they painstakingly point out, like, again, the, the Germans, like, the Nazi soldiers are the bad guys. And the premise is these Americans sneak in and, you know, kill the Nazis, basically. It's very good. Marvin, uh, Marvin Lee is in it. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, Charles Bronson's in it. Very 60s. Very 60s, trying to do a, a movie about World War II. So, um, but it was they 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 point out like the scene where they're playing they're playing fucking cards, man. Like, and they're just they're all pissed because they aren't going to be able to see the eye, and they're just hanging out trying to relax and like being just being got guys being dudes, right? And in comes like this. I mean, to them, I would assume they would call them terrorists, mm-hmm. right? coming in to rob them they're they're thieves um thieves from a certain Uh, perspective yes um one would ask you know whose money was that actually to begin with in the first place but um i just i really like how they humanized (coughs) these imperials to the point like this is the thing that we've always wanted to see i think you're absolutely right about that it's like what what are they doing right like they're just hanging out they're just being normal like this is what soldiers do when they're not you know in the middle of you know being in, under fire or they're, I think it's you know. it's putting faces to the faceless because that was the whole whole thing with the original trilogy was pretty much none of like you see very few faces in the empire and the right. ones that do are like obviously evil like right. the, like Tarkin like the you know the the little like group of group of commanders that are sitting around the table like they're all they're all like ah fuck the, fuck all these rebels let's kill them all like they're right very much evil and everybody else is just a faceless nothing and it's just waves after waves after waves of fa- right so, now you get to see nice the reference. face behind it thank you <laughs> now you get to see the faces behind it like you there's just... a lot more humans here you get to see that there's an ex-stormtrooper right. in the in the mix with our with our merry band of thieves um, that he was an ex-stormtrooper. Like, that's why he likes giving orders so much, obviously. He's an ex-stormtrooper. Which mm-hmm. I thought was a nice touch that he was an African-American guy. Um, Big stormtrooper? Yes. Yeah, was... because it's like, hey, all you fuckers who were like, you know, FN-88 or whatever. What, what was... 
that's FNA. Most yeah. Finn. Yeah. Yeah, whatever his number was. Um, that everyone's like, oh my God, you can't have a black stormtrooper. And you're like, why? Like, you can't have black elves. It's like, st- stop. Who who cares? They're like, well, they've always been white before. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, There's a a, lot more white people. Yes. There's yeah, a, a lot. fuck you. Uh, B, also fuck you. Uh, who cares? Anyway, but you get to see like there's there, it's just it's just people like they they went away from the clones, and they're you don't you don't have like just Django Fett over and over and over. You have actual human beings that are in this position, which rings alarmingly true for the for the army that we have in this country. We it's, saw this a little bit in Bad Batch. You remember yeah. the episode in Bad Batch where we started to see people, you know, soldiers, like normal people being integrated into the Imper- into the Imperial forces. I think they're they're doing this on purpose, right? Like they're starting to blur that line between right. the faceless and, you know, the, like these guys, no matter what they were doing, they weren't I mean, they were they were Imperial. So, I mean, you can say they were on the wrong side, but they weren't actively engaging in this moment this this is close to murder with what happens to these people. It, it plays a lot with the i was just following orders right and i know that's you know very triggering um because you know the, it's fiction so i feel like we we're safe to you know kind of have this conversation with fiction um but you know at what line again how far can you go down the you know the wrong side or the dark side before you can be you know before you're irredeemable. Right. These guys aren't Jedi. They're mm-hmm. not out massacring, you know, mm-hmm. younglings, but they are subjugating, you know, what is the, I, I thought they they did a very interesting job with the Aldanians to kind of portray them very much as Native Americans or what I would perceive to be Native Americans. Right? Like they're I can see that. They're considered primitive. They you know, they give have... them a bunch of options and they'll get confused. Oh my god, how kind like they're so stupid! Can you and be... you can you can see like I think it's I I thought that was a very interesting part with the translation, and yeah. I'm, I wish I could remember exactly what he says, but it's essentially like we will fight for our land. Is and... what I got. What I got. Yeah, and, and he they... goes, "We want peace and we love everyone." He looks at him like the fuck you say. I I thought it was interesting because the chief or the chieftain certainly appears to understand basic right when, when gorn is speaking back to him it it's they're they're not letting on how smart they actually are um which I i'm wondering was, if there's a relationship there like if they kind of know and he's like mm, okay dude well they said that gorn falls and fell in love with a local right. and then lost the local so i think it would make sense that there is a relationship there right i mean i, I think they're going to play with that a little bit but Gorn is dead. I mean, or at least he's perceived to be dead on the screen. Um, you know, he he pretty much wears a blaster, uh, a blaster bolt. And, and does he? Did I miss it? No, he he very much gets shot. Uh, I I saw him get shot in the show. That's why they leave him behind. You know, he's laying on the ground as are several of the other members of the team. Um, which I didn't even notice Gorn go down. Well, yeah, because why would he? You know, he wasn't in the he wasn't in the shuttle when it left. I was kind of confused. I I must have missed it when he when that happened. I will say that the, the so so the actual robbery scene is interesting because I did like 
I really liked how they did this and how they kind of put these Imperials to use. Like they made them help rob themselves. Right. Um, which I mean, I liked that it wasn't easy. Right. And I liked that they didn't just, they weren't able just to get it all. Like they had to hustle. They had to move. Like that shit weighed a lot of money um, or weighed a lot of weight, weighed a lot of money. Um, but it, yeah. was, it was heavy, right? And like, Which makes can't... sense. It's a bunch of little like gold pieces, right? Um, and I I really like the way that they played with kind of the suspense, right? So you get to see the scene where the communication officer, you know, kind of can't hear anything, and then you know, all of a sudden he he's figuring out something's happening. That was really well done. The suspense, and then they played with them racing down the stairwell because the power was out and they couldn't use the turbo lift. Like there was just a lot of elements of like really good storytelling here. Right. And you're kind of, you're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat. Like how are they going to get away? Are they going to get caught? Like what's happening here? Um, I, I thought it was really, the suspenseful part of this episode was really well done. Really, really, really liked that. Um, and this was really well shot, really well directed because at the same time, your your tie fighter scene right is that the airbase is you know they're alerted to the the fact that um at alkenzie that you know something has happened in the vault and like they can't get anybody on the phone like alkenzie's not playing around they know something's wrong right and they're they're coming loaded for bear i loved that we saw tie fighter pilots in the actual tie fighters right like that was they were the faceless that you didn't see any faces there. You just saw their helmets. I thought that was like pretty, in- pretty intentional. I thought um, that these guys were. It was. It was so cool to see them like sprinting down the little boardwalks and open up their stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. It gave me chills because I've seen. I've seen that when the horn goes off, and you that, and you see the pilots run out and like that, throw on their shit and run out and hop in and close up the canopy. Like it. It is. It is super cool. Um, we've, it's like America. We've never seen that before. I don't believe we've never. I don't think we've ever seen, you know, p- Tie Fighter pilots run to their pot to their, you know, their ships. But that scene with the way that they store those Tie Fighters like hanging like that, that's been in so many comics. Like yeah. that, is literally a shot for shot remake of how they store Tie Fighters in the comics. And I I love the fact that they someone clearly saw that in a comic and was like, this is how they store TIE fighters. So we're going to include it in the show. That level of detail is cool as shit. Like, I I love that someone cares that much about that. Right. Like, I mean, even in, even in, I think when it's in uh, the new trilogy, I, I don't think they're stored that way. I think they're kind of stored in a wall or something like that. Like parked on the ground. Yeah. I I just, I really, I I think of it as like, there's different ways like, jets are stored like you have ones that are like ready to go and then you have ones that are in hangers and they're like yeah we're not really expecting anything but like those guys are probably the ones who are on call to if something happens they're the first ones that are out like those three they gotta buy and they they gotta go and go take care of whatever the issue is i i really really loved the the i guess they call it the escape ship or the the courier, the ship that has all the gold on it. Yeah. Like a different style of, you know, starship to see. Right. And I really like the, a semi truck. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a flying, it's a flying semi truck box. 
I really, really liked that, you know, it, it's the way that they escape through the asteroid storm and you see the TIE fighters chasing it and, you know, they don't, they have, they're relying on modern technology and it's, you can watch it failing on the screen and it's flickering and not working, which goes back to mimic again. Like saying, Hey, you know, when their, their technology is gone, like we can go back to this. We can go back to what, what they were using in golden age of the Republic. I thought that was very telling scene. I I mean, I really thought that he got his moment. um, Especially when he saves Andor. That he waits and waits and waits. And then it's, as soon as they roll, I mean, he snipes him from across the way and he's like, I got you, man. That was a cool moment for him. Yeah. That all, all of the principles that he has are now like, it's, it's becoming solidified and real. It's not just him writing in a notebook, theoretically like waxing poetic about being, uh, being someone rising up against these people who are doing harm. Like he's, he's doing something. And I mean, you, I, I don't know. I think he stole the show in like this entire episode out of, out of all of them. He stole the show where he's like, you're right. I'm, I'm not tired anymore. I am excited. I love that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I can, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. I, I really liked, I, I really liked, I'm kind of sad that he died. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, the, he's easily the hero of this, this episode. Easily. Is he not the hero of the Republic, of the galaxy? I I'd mean, say you... probably of the show so far. Like Andor is still you know, kind of like, meh, or Clem. But he's still, yeah, I'm doing this for the money. I'll, I'll take my cut and run. Uh, I'm doing the Han Solo thing. Uh, but I, We're going to see that Clem is going to be the one that brings him back. I mean, he's going to be the reason he stays. I, I really do. I mean, it's the manifesto, right? I, I don't think we're done with, with Clem and Nemec. I mean, he clearly bonded with this kid, right? And like, yeah. he, that's going to be the thing that brings Clem to the rebellion, which ultimately is the thing that brings the Death Star plans to the rebellion, which allows Luke, to destroy the Death Star, so yeah, that at least lets Andor stay kind of on, even even if he doesn't go. Yes, this is this is it because you, I mean, you have that that trope of like the, you know, this this little idealistic kid, you know, is killed uh, in this in this thing, and and then it's oh the the hardened seasoned you know scoundrel is like wow that just changed my entire worldview now, I'm right. I'm in like. Come on, like this has been subverting these tropes the entire time we've been watching it. Like, please don't, please don't go back to that. Like, I, I would almost love it if he just like keeps that in his back pocket for you know a while and like you know a like pulls it out like at the at the end of the series and and, that's and what, pulls yeah. yeah and like is is reading it and gets a call from Mon Mothma or whoever saying like we found the plans. That he, we kind of see him going through the underworld, you know, seeing more and more bullshit, more and more bullshit for, you know, the rest of the season, and then you see like Mon Mothma call up and say, "We've got, we've got a mission. It's important," right. and that's credit. Back at the end. Oh man, I don't know if I could handle that emotionally. Um, just, <sighs> I need to watch Rogue One again. Like it's, that's it's on my the- list. I'm intentionally not. I'm holding off. I'm going to rewatch it when Andor is over. <laughs> because I feel like it will tell the story. I, I, I do feel like this is, it's, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie to you. 
they have gone out of their way to be very clear about the fact that Andor shoots first. He does not yeah. ask questions. He very clearly will always shoot you. If he is in a situation where he feels like he is threatened, that, that situation between him and Skeen, oh my God. I, I, don't, I don't even know that he felt threatened, right? I just think he was just pissed. It's like, wait, we just did all this and you're going to turn on them? Like you think you think that little of me that that I would I would betray my morals. Because that's that's really what it is it comes down to is he's like I, I mean it almost reminds me of like the better off dead, the like two dollars. He's like, just give me my thirty thousand. That's it. That's that's this deal. I was getting paid for this. I was getting paid thirty thousand dollars or like uh, Mel Gibson payback. Right. Or like it's like that's it. That's that's all he he want. He agreed to this cut. That's the cut he's going to take. Everything yeah. else is ancillary. And the other dude's like, "Yeah, man. Like we're the same. We're the same. Like let's take half. Let's just go. Let's. I've got this whole thing planned out. Yeah, man. I I lied about my whole backstory. Like I'm, you know, this giant piece of shit that, you know, like you would you wouldn't expect necessarily. And yeah, yeah, I I did not I did not see that coming. Uh, I. And he's like talking about it. I'm like, wait, is this? I was like, is he trying to like bait him into into admitting that, that he's going to take it? Yeah, I so, thought for a minute that's where we were headed. Yeah, so. but we see him. I mean, he's like, no, and it still could have. It still very easily could have been. He's like, well, he's going to do this. Well, shit, I'd rather split it one way than two ways. Mm-hmm. And you know, shoots him, and we would we wouldn't have Cassian. Like with his morals as the hero, kind of uh, the anti-hero, whatever you want to call him, like he, he's sticking by his morals. He is, this is wrong, and he, I, I think in that moment he knows that he's not going to be believed. Like when he goes in there and he's like, "Hey man, he wants to take half of this. I've tied him up outside." He's like, "No, no, he tied me up. He wants to take, you know, does that kind of thing." And they're not going to believe Cassian. Like she's she's just gonna say hey you're the you're the hired gun we didn't trust you anyway so you're gonna die instead it's shoot him he pushes people away before people he's like i'm gonna hurt you before you can hurt me type of guy right like he's been hurt so much in his life that he's like i can't i i can't give you the opportunity to hurt me so i i need to get out and i need to get away it's so he's, principled. He's doing what's right in his own way. Like, principled. Exactly. There's 80 million, 80 million credits on that ship. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to take a million. Or I'm going to take 100,000. He wants his 30,000. And he's going to walk away. And mm-hmm. never come back. And it just, it blows my mind. I mean, we watched this crew, you know, this, this, this played out exactly like heist movies do. They've we been together for months at this point. We watched this. them get eliminated one by one. And ultimately, you know, we we lose the soul of the team, right? Nimic was the, the guy yeah. keeping it all together. And all that's left is his is his book, his manifesto, his writings. I I think given that we saw how this episode ended, right? With Mon Mothma, Mon Mothma finding out, you know, that there was a major rebel attack. And then Luthen finding out that there was a major rebel attack. I, I think this is the beginning. I mean, I personally think that, that this story is now going to be about bringing in Saw Guerrero and bringing in, you know, the the rebel factions. The, factions, the, the Ghost crew. Yeah. 
I, that, I, that I think these are taking place in parallel. I, I, I'm really hoping we see some crossovers with, kind of, like if we're getting any flashbacks back to this time in like Ahsoka, I'm really hoping we see some crossover. Give me Zeb Aurelios. Give me... Yeah. Or you're hearing Zeb and Kanan talking about this Cassian guy. I think the next time we see Star Wars live action after Andor is going to either... I, I think the next time will be Mandalorian and then immediately followed by Ahsoka. If ever there were going to be a little bit of a like, hey, here's a little like a little cameo. This is what Disney shows do. Yeah, They give you a cameo at the very tail end to keep you around. If ever it was going to happen, it's going to be it's going to be this this back six episodes at some point, And I think it probably will be maybe the very tail end of this season. Um, maybe even the last episode or the, you know, first... can you imagine if they brought Thrawn in in here? Like that they get, they get him to try and that they have him trying to understand what the, like what the enemy is doing. And it's, and it's Cassian. Like I would, I would love to see Lars Mikkelsen, come in and do a psychological breakdown of Cassian like of of him like well the person who's who we're looking for is this 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 and this like Sherlock style but (laughs) I think sometimes we tell ourselves like this could be this great thing and like the thing to remember I guess is what I'm telling myself is this story's already been written yeah it's already been filmed and, and I know the Dave Filoni's and the Pedro Pascal's. And I mean, the folks who were involved in making these shows, they love this franchise just as much as we do. They grew up with it just the same way we did. I guarantee you that if we're having this thought, someone somewhere at Lucasfilm is having this thought. Oh yeah. They have. And to if not, hire us. Hire us. Um, <laughs> but it just, it, it makes me so happy to see i mean like we were talking earlier about you know like you know our, our experiences growing up like waiting for you know star wars waiting for the new star wars waiting for the new book waiting for the new issue of the comic this this is so much so much more real and so much more better getting this on tv yes it does mean to some extent you know some things are being overwritten but it's this is this it's being is cohesively cool. overwritten this is Star Wars, man. This is this is fantastic, like storylines, <laughs> and, and just it's beautiful. This in is, my head, I heard now that's pod racing. That's what I was going for. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm very okay. pleased that that came across. But I just it makes me so happy that you know I was talking about this with I was talking about this with a director at one of our facilities the other day. I was sitting in his office. This guy doesn't know me. I mean, from Adam, I don't know him from Adam. But I sit down in this guy's office. We're about the same age, right? He's got a Return of the Jedi poster on the wall. He's got the Darth uh, Maul lightsaber, like the the nice one in the... Um, <laughs> he's like, the director of a hospital. He wouldn't have a shitty one. Come on. Well, yeah. Um, and he's got it like hanging on... Um, it's hanging on like in, in a shadow box. And I literally say to this guy, and I'm like, you know, it's a meeting of five or six of us. And I go, wow, man, you really like star wars and you can see the kind of like distrust in his eyes for a mm-hmm. second i was like no i actually i literally have a podcast to I talk about podcast. this <laughs> i talk about this and he's like no you don't and i was like i mean i can play it for you i mean there's a bunch of people in this room and he's like it's gonna be oh. awkward there's gonna be a lot of cursing and i swear to you he does the thing that we do as nurse as nerds 
he he's like, okay, well then who's you know who's like the cred? Yeah, and I looked at him and I was like, that's Darth Maul's lightsaber. It's double bladed. And he's like, okay, all right. So you've seen a couple. Like you do the thing we do to each other, where it's like, how much do you know? How can I trust you? Like you are you trying to make are you fun? really a nerd? <laughs> yeah, and it just it blows my mind that our entire generation, like we grew up, you know, loving these things. I know, I know for you and me, I mean, I know for me, let me say for me, I grew up loving this, but, you know, being told that this is nerdy, right? Like this is, my parents told me that this stuff was nerdy. Like my friend told me this stuff was nerdy. Like this isn't how you should be spending your time. You should be learning, you know, learning things or studying things. And like, I said, I I am the, the, the line about revenge being the dish that is best served cold. I'm like, you understand now, like the whole world, likes this stuff yeah who runs the world nerds nerds <laughs> we run the world but on that happy note snark i think that's a, a good place to leave it if you're comfortable with that um i think so i am stoked to see where this goes because it, it it feels like we're we're ready to go into a to keep it in the star or the disney family uh and go into a whole new world i think i think these next six episodes i have no clue what we're gonna get I have, you know, theories, yeah. everybody, but um, I think we're going to see a collision course between our disgraced security officer, uh, between uh, Paul, Paul Blart and Andor. Having had zero screen time this last episode, I am fully prepared for I, I still want to meet our uncle, you know, our famous uncle and find oh, yeah. out how he's going to help us out. But um, no, man, this was just this was this would felt like a culmination of a six episode storyline sweet sweet vindication (laughs) from arguing with people on the internet being like see this shit does matter and it is good you just got to give it time right they can't give us six hours in one fell swoop they have to break it up they have to keep us subscribing and frankly if they're going to keep turning up this level of product who's not subscribing to this because this is if if they had done this as a movie I, I sincerely do not think I would I would be nearly as happy with it. it no, would, I agree. It would it would have felt rushed. It would have, it would have felt like like there would be so much taken out taken out of it. You that it wouldn't be worth watching. You can't do the things they've done in the movie. There were so many breaks back and forth between racing down the stairs, right, or the the you know guys talking about playing cards or imperial you know soldiers staring at the beauty of the comet storm you can't have those scenes in a movie because you've only got you know x amount of time yeah. you've got to get it that's why tv is the best medium for the story because it the message got through and it's clear that that you know the storyline got through so i i yeah. am, i am in awe of this episode i think it was beautifully done five out of five melamine fruits I think I texted you last night. I said it was Wednesday night, and I think I texted you. Is it Wednesday yet? Like, right? I... I'm I'm ready. Like, uh, like let's let's go. Can I have let's go, work, please? I'm gonna have a tiny baby watching watching this with me. You know what, though, man? That's that's because Nerds World run the world, and you're gonna bring your kid up right because he's gonna have appreciation for Star Wars. Exactly, making fun of his father for liking <laughs> nerd shit because it's all gonna bounce back around in cycles. Our boys are gonna grow up making fun of us, and that's okay. That's that's. I hope so. I got a good that, backhand. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. And on that happy <laughs> note, <laughs> I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Um, 
Snark, we wish you and your family nothing but happiness and and that this process goes, you know, very quickly for you so that you happy can happy day of the eye, if you will. Yes. You can greet your son as he makes his way into this world. Um by the time this is posted, he will more than likely be here. Um so that's maybe exciting. yeah, we'll see. That's exciting. But um I think for now we we leave it there and we let the snark take us out as he uh as he always does. May the force be with you. We'll talk to you guys next week.